Hello and welcome everybody to the Habits of the Few. I am your host, Mona Bolsi. Today we're going to discuss a little bit on the habit framework. I think it wouldn't do me justice to not discuss how habits work, the framework behind it, um, and how you can create new habits and delete old ones. Um on this podcast, considering the fact that this podcast is all about habits. And I am rereading the book, The Power of Habit. Um, Why we do what we do in life and business. And I wanted to kind of just briefly talk about the framework. And um, I will also be reciting some segments from the book itself. Um that I find incredibly, incredibly useful. So let's, let's kind of go through, you know, first and foremost, um, kind of the makeup of a habit. So, and this is according to Charles, the author of Power of the Habit. He says, number one, that the cue or trigger that this is the part of the habit loop where you are triggered to take some sort of action through a cue in your internal or external environment. So for me personally, you know, opening up my laptop and navigating to um, to some of the forums and blogs that I read regarding uh, new courses that are coming out, um, technology information on Facebook, ad platforms, marketing, things like that, things that I do. And then I also do uh, some things regarding um, personal development. Um, So that's kind of one of my habits, right? That's one of the very first triggers for me. Uh, Number two would be the action. Whether it be positive or negative, this is the part of the habit loop where you actually take action on the habit you want to adopt or drop. You know, for me, going through a new course, reading something new that is going to affect my my personal and professional life. Um, You know, putting together new content creation, putting together a new strategy, because I am a marketing strategist. So anything regarding those. And then number three, the reward. This is the part of the habit loop where your brain receives a reward for taking the desired activity. That reward is the dopamine burst that I or you would receive for checking off a to-do list item and getting upvotes, comments, and views with the content that I create, the videos that I've done, the podcast episodes that I've done. Anything like that. Any kind of reward. I get a reward when I complete a podcast episode. I've been inconsistent lately. Um, So that for me is is a huge reward. So much so that sometimes I want to do two in a day. Like today. This is the second episode for the day because I was sparked and triggered as I was rereading this book that I just really want to discuss it with you guys and, and, and bring it to you in, in, in simple terms and how this little piece of information can can attribute to you know your your success 
in building new habits and destroying old ones that you no longer want to keep. So <clears throat> Charles further suggests that many people aren't able to fully adopt a new habit into their life because they don't adequately understand the structure of habits. And I will say that's 99% of people out there and I was one of them. So I, I kind of want you to think of this for a second, okay? Most of us um, have perhaps a habit that draws on a negative aspect of your life. Maybe you're a smoker. Uh, cigarettes, cigars, hookah, you know, I, I vape. I no longer use nicotine, but I vape. It is a habit. I don't drink. I don't really do anything else. But having a vape pen for me is is kind of a vice and a habit that, that has stuck around for a long time. One of which that I will probably break at some point in the in the future, but for now, it, it brings me some form of peace. Maybe you have a habitual beer at the end of the night, or a glass of wine, or champagne, or a glass of scotch. Maybe you're addicted to sweets. My wife is. <laughs> you can't can't leave sweets out in front of that woman. Oh, it's so funny. And my daughter is is just like her. They love sugar. And which is probably the the one of the best habits I think you can have because you know yeah sugar refined sugar is very bad for you but you know it's it's an innocent habit. Um, every time you're at the you're at the grocery store you're about to check out and all of a sudden you find this delicious crunch bar or peanut M and M's or whatever it is chocolate just looking at you drawing you in. That's a habit that may be perhaps a negative habit because maybe you want to cut down on sugar. Maybe you want to cut down on smoking. Maybe you want to cut down on alcohol. Elimination versus moderation are two different things. Okay. So what do all of these habits have in common? Well, number one, you can immediately feel the reward that is supplied with each of these habits. You know, for me, when I vape, um, even though there's no nicotine, it's that psychological thing, right? It, um, it's almost like a stimulating, relaxing feeling. Maybe those who enjoy a beer or a glass of wine, it helps you unwind because you had a stressful day and it just helps you relax and, and unwind and feel, feel good and just chill and what have you. Maybe the chocolate bar gives you, you know, a burst of sugar energy straight to the dome and you like that. Maybe that's the result, that's the response that you're craving, not, not so much the sugar itself. Maybe it's not the taste, maybe it is the taste. But when you take a look at positive habits, we can't always feel the immediate injection of the reward. After prolonged exposure and adoption, positive habits such as exercise, meditation, writing, productive work will stimulate your brain and reward you for the action. I just want to go ahead and touch on this a little bit. I was 19 years old when I first started weightlifting. Prior to that, I was in mixed martial arts and I did a lot of body weight training. So pull-ups, push-ups, crunches, um, hanging crunches and weighted pull-ups and all that kind of stuff. And <clears throat> even though it was it was great and I was exercising and I was I was addicted to it, 
It wasn't until I started lifting weights that my body really started to change. My energy started to shift. I, I felt more power, more strength, more physicality. I, I felt like I was more in control. And I became addicted to it. And now I power lift because of it. I, I love training. And the other thing for me, training also anchors my day. <clears throat> I train six days a week. The reason why I train six days a week is if I didn't, I honestly, wholeheartedly, on everything, my mind feels lost. I'm almost, there's like a shift that has taken place and I don't know where it's coming from except I do know where it's coming from. Okay, so anyway, so those are the positives. So sometimes it just takes... A little bit of a push for some people to kind of help you get there for instance let's say you you're a student and you need to write this essay for whatever class it could seem really daunting because most college students essays are God knows how long and how thorough and specific and detailed so maybe after writing for 60 to 90 minutes, you reward yourself with like a piece of chocolate or maybe a little bit of wine or, or a phone call or something, something that, that takes you out of the shift, some, something that will trigger your mind to feel rewarded. Maybe you're not a good reader, but you want to really get into it. So maybe as a, as a means to to get you into that habit after maybe you're reading for 30 minutes straight or, or reading for an hour straight. You know, you, you, you treat yourself to something. It doesn't matter what it is. Maybe, maybe it's tea, maybe it's chocolate, maybe it's a little slice of cake, cheesecake. Maybe it's um, a glass of wine, you know, maybe it's whatever. You treat yourself to something that is going to stimulate that reward. And if you're trying to wake yourself up earlier in the morning, maybe as a means for you to get rewarded, you should buy yourself like an automated coffee maker so you can meet the day with a ready-made cup of coffee. That would be something that would be interesting. And ultimately, if you're having difficulty to make a new positive habit stick, then you probably are making some form of mistake, right? So what, what's the mistake? You're setting an unrealistic goal or expectation. I, I hear this all the time. There are some people that say, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna wake up at 4.30 in the morning and, and I, you know, I'm going to work out and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get going and I'm going to have all these, this time in the morning to myself and yada, 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 yada. Well, let's just say hypothetically, most of the people that let's say are working in 9 to 5, maybe they're getting about 7, maybe 7.30. Who knows? Having the unrealistic expectation that you're just going to go from 7 all the way to 4.30 in the morning and have the energy to wake yourself up, have some sort of morning routine to get you up and going to the gym is a little bit of an unrealistic goal. What would be more realistic is try to wake up 30 minutes earlier than before, right? Maybe do a 10-minute walk, a 20-minute walk. And maybe after a week, maybe after two weeks, you increase that to 45 minutes. And then maybe another couple of weeks, you increase it to an hour. 
And then after about another couple of weeks, you increase it to maybe an hour and a half. And so you're, you're blocking time out incrementally versus an unrealistic way of just jumping from seven o'clock to 4.30 to let's do seven o'clock to 6.30 and then 6.30 to six and then six to 5.30 and so on and so forth. So, so what, you know, moving on from there, we often tell ourselves things like, you know, making the habit needs to have some form of, some form of drastic change, right? But the reality is you have to make it so, so simple in the beginning that it doesn't even affect what you're doing at the slightest, or maybe just at the slightest. So the habit that you're looking to adopt needs to be ridiculously simple when you start. So coach, speaker, workshop leader, uh, Margaret Lukens, she discovered that making your habits so small and trivial often acts as an unbelievable catalyst for helping the habit stick. Um, she'd always meant to be a regular flosser. She never quite got on the oral hygiene habit to stick for, for quite some time. So she decided to put her mouth where the model was. She'd floss just one tooth to establish the habit. Here's her takeaway. And I quote, don't try to cajole yourself into action by saying that you're going to do one tooth and then do them all. Just floss one, do it every day and watch what happens. I can tell you what happened to me. One day, about three weeks in, I had an itch for completion. I wanted, needed, to floss them all. I wasn't even particularly aware of the change, which seemed natural and unconscious. And now, I can't not floss. Mission accomplished. You see, by choosing just one tooth in the beginning, she avoided engaging in a behavioral change that was too overwhelming to fail. So what happens when you miss a day? Well, I can tell you right now, do not make missing a day a habit. Right there, you are creating a negative habit. Maybe you think I'm trying to confuse you with all this subtitle stuff, right? I assure you, I am not. We are all human. We all make mistakes. We all fall into ruts. But when you miss a day with your habits and your commitments, don't make the hiccup the habit. This happens to me all the time. I remember I'll miss a day of meditation, or I'll miss a day of writing, or I'll miss a day of studying, or I'll miss a day of my core four that I do in the morning. And sometimes I feel like I desperately need it. But yet I miss it. As long as I can fully treat that missed day as a necessary devil to the habit formation, I'm in good shape. I can tell you, I will, I will fall into ruts from time to time but I've never missed more than one. And most of the time, I find time later on in the day to recreate that habit or to do the thing that I'm trying to create a habit for that I dismissed earlier on. So I will make it up somehow, some way. Yeah, but, you know, ultimately I understand, you know, as, as long as you can understand that this cannot become a habit of breaking habits or missing days, then, then you're good. Okay. Sometimes you need that greasy, juicy, fatty burger over the salad. You need to enjoy yourself. Like I love food. We all live once. 
you know, remain true to your daily goal, to your healthy way of living, whatever. Ultimately, though, in order for you to succeed at that, you, you, you need to build a foundation. And I'll give you an example before I get into my primary, take, primary takeaways here, okay? Let's say I'm going to use weightlifting again because it's just a very easy um, an analogy for me to give you guys. Let's say, let's say you're trying to lose... I don't know, 20 pounds, okay? And maybe the weight isn't even the issue. Maybe you're just trying to get to a six-pack. Okay, so generally for men, that's anywhere below 10% body fat. For women, I think that's anywhere below 15 or 16% body fat, something like that. I could be wrong. Don't hate me. I'm, I'm just, you know, going off of memory here. So I'm a male. Let's say I got down to below 10% body fat. Now my body is functioning and working a lot better at burning calories and burning fat using food for energy versus storing it for fat. Okay? Now, <clears throat> let's assume that I'm in, I'm in this crazy shape. I'm under 10% body fat. I eat clean like 99% of the time. And then you have somebody that, let's say, is 50 pounds overweight, substantially unhealthy, goes on a diet, still overweight. He's eating clean, he's eating clean, but he decides to have a cheat meal with burger and fries or pizza or whatever. Or he's just consuming a tremendous amount of carbohydrates. The difference between him and myself is that I've deserved that cheat meal and I have deserved those carbohydrates. I have gotten to the point where my body is functioning so properly, running like a well-oiled machine that I can get away with a cheat meal from time to time. Whereas the other me that is 50 pounds overweight, only a few weeks into his diet, decides to have a cheat meal, a burger and fries or pizza, that is not helping him. He is only, it's detrimental to his progress. I hope that makes sense. So you want to ultimately figure out that or understand that you, you need to solidify a habit. You need to build a foundation. Because there are levels to, to habit forming. And every measure you can take to building um, fortification to help your success with adopting the new habit is kind of what you're going after. It's what you're trying to achieve. Does that make sense? You have to also understand that, that this is a long game. You know, like... Like I've just talked about, not you know, just recently, you're at a disadvantage when it comes to building up positive habits in your life because we get rewarded for the negative ones instantaneously. And most of the positive habits, they don't provide an immediate gratifying reward. You don't feel what it's like to get the boosting feeling right away. So statistically speaking, it's gonna set you up to fail, but only if you're looking at your life in the short term. And, you know, in today's modern society, 
everybody and their mom has the attention span of a goldfish. Actually, I think it's been statistically and scientifically proven that we now have, I think, I think it's one or two seconds short of a goldfish. So our attention span is thus shorter than a goldfish, which is terrible. Um, anyways, uh, and we also, you know, and, and, and just kind of to, to add to that, the era that we live in, where anything and everything can be bought or gained at a moment's notice, that's the society we live in, instant gratification, right? Instant gratification. It, it it almost works against us like it it's technology has moved you know forward so fast and you know these devices in our in our hands now these mobile phones that have access to the internet and applications and basically the world um, you're able to order a car to pick you up and food to be delivered and you know flight tickets and concert tickets and communicate with somebody you know across the other end of the world it's magnificent it's magical and it's a beautiful time to live and it's just wonderful however instant gratification has has taught us to what to be instantly gratified and and that can do more harm than good and the reason is is because of these habits they, they take time to solidify. So short-term enjoyments of life, they're at our disposal. Anything, everything, everywhere. Anything that is worth building or trying is going to take time. And that's the issue with most people. That book that you've always wanted to write or read is going to take a positive habit of writing or reading at least one paragraph every day over the course of months, if not years. Losing the amount of weight that you want or the fat that you want to get rid of is going to take you years. Going to the gym, working out, eating well, eating clean, you know, exercising, doing conditioning work. It's hard work. Think about how long it took you to put on that weight. Just think about it. Why is it that we assume that we can get rid of it in the blink of an eye when it takes substantial time for us to put on that weight? If you set yourself up with proper artillery, weaponizing yourself, adopting the positive habit that has the potential to change your life, is just one reward away you will succeed. You will succeed. So, the framework. Just to recap. Identify the routine. Experiment with rewards. Isolate the cue. And have a plan. And then I would add one more, and that's really to understand that this is a long-term thing. You're playing the long game. So this is, this is one of those episodes where it's going to lead up to a follow-up because discussing on the science and the neuroscience of habits 
is such a complexity that that it cannot be wrapped up in a 20-minute podcast. We're going to be discussing this over and over and over again. Uh, My goal for you guys is to be able to get Charles on the podcast so that he can kind of dive deeper with you guys um, and and, and get some neuroscientists that can really break down... um, the science behind all of this much better than I can, but I just wanted to address that to you guys. I wanted to bring that framework to you because you can apply it today, today, right now. Remember, you don't have to, if you're starting to floss, you don't have to floss with all of your teeth right at once. Start with one tooth. Okay. If you want to wake up 4.30 in the morning and you're going and you're waking up at seven o'clock right now, just shoot for 30 minutes earlier. Wake up at 6.30 instead of seven. Incremental small steps. So much so that you're not even going to notice it. But psychologically and subconsciously, it will change you. It will create the new habit. I wish you all the best of luck. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm out.